if and when the vaccine comes. And it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Well, here I am. Oh, really? You think? <laughs> when we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine. Who's God willing. The There's a lot of invoking God the to from these liberals, isn't there? Awful lot of okay. God well, invoking. Well, here I am. <laughs> I prayed a lot to God during this time. Did you? Did you, you know pray what? to God? God did answer our prayers. Did he well, make you a born-again virgin? Because I know you women, white women in the United women. States well, could do that. The smartest the scientists, the doctors, the oh. researchers. He made oh. them come up with a vaccine. Oh. That he, is from God to oh, us. Oh, it's from well, God. God I need gave us the vax. I need you to let them know that this is how we can This is what happens when stupid meets stupid. Come back to normal and then start talking about the real issues the that real we have problem. to fighting systemic racial injustice which exists today and if there's a denier I will take you on any day because I've seen it. What's really excellent is uh, and it's a statistic that I think should be shouted from the rooftops is that um, after 12 days from the first vaccination of the AstraZeneca vaccine you are 100% effective against hospitalization and death. A hundred percent. Statistics we need to be hearing. Hospitalization and death. Well, here I am. am. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You got to listen to God. You know who they are. All of you. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it. (laughs) We need you to apostle-size for the vax. Good morning, children. Yeah, the great one hates his life. Things were going great. Things were beautiful. I had a great day yesterday. Just out at the park, watching the ducks playing in the water, enjoying the sunshine, the fresh air. No fat women around me because there was pretty much nobody around me, so I didn't see any fat people. It was great. And then, then I made the mistake. Great one. What did you do? You should know by now. The thing I always do that fucking makes me suffer. I looked at the internet. Oh, God, I looked at the internet. And and I saw all the stupid. I saw the superstition. I said, oh, but I saw a YouTube video about viruses. I'm a genius now. And the morons are on all sides. They're all over the place. Even the people, quote unquote, on our side of the internet. They're morons. We're surrounded by morons. Morons. The only good thing about all this is that I'll never run out of material. Would you believe? Thanks. Don't understand. I'm gonna explain to you today things, guys. Explain to you today things so that you will not be stupid. More importantly, I'm gonna explain to you things that I actually understand from real life experience, not from YouTube videos. We're gonna talk about biomedical research. You know, if you're new around here, the Great One worked in biomedical research for eight fucking years. I did not simply watch a YouTube video and decide that I was a virologist. 
I am not a virologist. I'm not saying I'm a virologist, but I still know more about viruses than everybody who watched a YouTube video will ever know in their fucking lives. Okay. Before I do this, uh, did you see Roger Waters, who is anti-Semite, got dropped from his record label? He was about to release his re-recording of Dark Side of the Moon, which I'm not sure if I was on board with that or not. And then his record company dropped him because, of course, he's not sucking enough Jewish dick. So now I might actually, I was not intending to listen to or purchase Roger Waters' remake of Dark Side of the Moon because I didn't see any point in that and I didn't think it was going to be all that good. Now I might have to seek it out and give it a listen just to piss off the Jews. And there's so, oh, oh, and then the other thing, the Vince McMahon thing, this chick talking about how like a 70 something year old Vince McMahon shit on her face or some, some shit. I'm like, how does a 70 year old man shit? on a 20-something-year-old girl unless she's a willing participant. I mean, was she unconscious? Was she tied up? No. Then how does this... My God. Women are out of fucking control. They're absolutely out of control. And no one will say a fucking word to them. Nobody. Absolutely no one will say a word. All right, let's get to the superstitions. So I'm looking at the internet mistake that this is and I run across this over at the burning platform and I probably should have changed the way my microphone is set up before I did this but I didn't do that because I fucked up hang on I haven't recorded in a couple of days I've forgotten how to do this I gotta pause the recording and fix this then we'll get back to business all right, now we're ready to go. I was sitting here looking over my material and getting ready for the podcast, and I just got so excited about doing this that I just <clears throat> jumped into this without actually preparing the equipment to do this correctly. Also, I just remembered before we get started, man, you guys have sent me some great shit lately. Holy fuck, I got to work this stuff in. The Skyler in 15 years... That was, that's, that's, yeah, that's it. And then you sent me the video with the two chicks with the disease. Oh my fucking God. I watched like the first 15 minutes. I was dying, dying, dying. Anyhow, I got to get all this stuff in the... Man, and I'm not even wasting my time playing Star Wars either. I'm trying to get back. I'm not sure. There's no try. I'm working on, like, getting back into photography a little bit more. I've been fucking with that a lot lately and bumping the microphone like I did just there. All right. God damn. This hilarious shit. All right, here we go. So I turn on the internet and I go over to the burning platform website I mentioned not too long ago, which has some interesting stuff, but is also does a lot of cyber begging. Here's what's over at the burning platform. Ebola vaccine that sheds in 31% of vaccinated given to Colorado healthcare workers just down the road from New Bat Lab. 
Editor's note, this article's headline has been updated to clarify that the FDA insert for Merkix, these names, that's the name of the company, Irv Ebo, Irvebo, Ebola vaccine states that the vaccine sheds in more than 31% of those vaccinated with the drug. The prior headline said that the vaccine sheds onto slash infects others 31% of the time. That was called clickbait. It is more precise to simply say that the vaccine sheds in 31% of the vaccinated. This means that the transmission of the vaccine that transmission of the vaccine virus is theoretically possible, according to the FDA insert. The word Ebola was also removed before Bat Lab toward the end of the headline because although the Daily Mail, I'm still not convinced the Daily Mail is even a real website, much less news. Because every time I go to the Daily Mail and you look over in the right-hand column, all you see is links to things about women taking their clothes off. You know, a stupid bitch who's been in movies goes to the beach in a bikini. Stupid bitch who is pregnant goes out in public with her baby daddy is dressed in a bikini. Stupid bitch and other stupid bitch get caught wearing bikinis. It's like, it's just... The Daily Mail, it's just a bunch of fucking articles about women scantily clad. Which, again, I like women scantily clad. If the women were scantily clad and not allowed to vote, that would be fine. But the fact that they're scantily clad and like all, oh my God, look, she barely has any clothes on. Oh, she's so strong and independent. And you're claiming to be a news site. I mean, it's hard for me to take the Daily Mail seriously. Great one. Who take you seriously? You have pictures of the asses of high school volleyball girls. I'm not here to be taken seriously. I'm here to fucking ridicule the decline. Also, my nose is a little stopped up today, so you may have to deal with that. The Daily Mail has confirmed documents indicating the lab could study Ebola. The fact that the lab will study bats is sufficient. We'll talk about could this lab study Ebola and do they have documents that are accurate. We'll talk about all of this because unlike the people at the Daily Mail, the great one knows something about biomedical research. The article body still reports the Daily Mail's confirmation of documents indicating the lab could study Ebola. The main point of the story has not been affected. A shedding Ebola vaccine has been given to Denver healthcare workers 65 miles from a proposed Fort Collins bat research lab that could study Ebola. Remember the research labs I worked at in Fort Collins? Yeah, they're going to. Okay, anyway. In November of last year, Colorado healthcare workers at Denver Health received doses of live Ebola vaccine. Hospital officials said the Regional Emerging Special Pathogen Treatment Center team, why does this even exist, became some of the first to receive Merix Ervibo Ebola jab for preventive, for quote, preventative measures in case of future outbreak, unquote. Why are we, whoever we are, 
expecting a future outbreak of Ebola in Colorado. Could it have anything to do with importing niggers to provide daycare for? What if we just didn't import Ebola? Oh, great. What if they're going to work on Ebola in a lab? What if we just didn't work on Ebola in a lab? What if we just left the fucking Ebola where it's at? We can't do that, can we? Now, was this vaccine, I have to wonder, was this vaccine also created by God? Did God send these scientists to create the Ebola vaccine? The U.S. Food and Drug Administration's packet insert for Averbo states the vaccine sheds onto others 31.7% of the time and up to 21 days after vaccination. Uh, I thought you guys said you corrected that. That is not what it says because I have it right here. I read it. Well, I didn't read every single bit of it, but I read it. Instead of reading what this website says, let's read this. Section 12, 12.3, shedding. Okay, hold on. Let me back up a second. Averbo is indicated for the prevention of disease caused by Zaire Ebola virus in individuals 12 months of age or older. It's indicated for that. Section 5.4, transmission. Vaccine virus RNA has been detected by RT-PCR in blood, saliva, urine, and fluid from skin vesicles of vaccinated individuals. Transmission of vaccine virus is theoretically possible. See section 12.3. Section 12.3. Shedding. Shedding of vaccine virus into the urine or saliva was evaluated in 359 participants enrolled in eight clinical studies who were vaccinated with Iverbo or lower-dose formulations. Vaccine virus RNA was detected by RT-PCR in the urine or saliva of some participants at time points ranging from day 1 through day 14 post-vaccine. In three studies that assessed shedding at day 28, no samples tested positive. Well, see, it's safe if you just don't go near another human for 28 days. In study 6, 31.7, 19 out of 60 participants, 12 months through 17 years of age, we're testing this on children, of course, Brand new vaccine, we're already jabbing it into 12-month-old children, of course. Enrolled in the study, enrolled, these 12-month-old children, they enrolled themselves in this study. I'm sure they gave informed consent as to what was going to be done with their bodies when they enrolled themselves in this study. In study number six, 31.7 of participants 12 months through 17 years of age enrolled in a substudy shed vaccine virus in saliva following vaccination. Viral shedding was greatest on day seven and declined thereafter with no shedding detected after day 28. Sure, I'm glad these 12-month-old children are 
giving their bodies for science. Vaccine virus RNA was detected in RT-PCR in vesticle, God, I can't say this word, vesicular fluid samples from some participants. In one participant, a sample collected 20 days after vaccination tested positive for vaccine virus RNA by RT-PCR. So the vaccine they're testing on 12-month-old children sheds. Now remember, when you got your Wuhan vax, you were told, well, maybe not you personally, you didn't get it, Remember when we were being told, oh, it will stay in the arm. You're going to, and people bought this. We're going to vaccinate you with this thing, and it's going to stay in your arm. Well, they're vaccinating people with this, and it's shedding. Okay. Back to this. The shedding problem could explain why Africa's 2016... 2018, 2020, 2021, and 2022, Ebola outbreaks occurred after vaccination campaigns were carried out in those areas. Given the established record of Ebola outbreaks following earlier vaccination campaigns in the same regions, concerns are raised about a future outbreak in Colorado, spreading across the country, and perhaps the world. New bat lab just down the road from Denver Health. Meanwhile, a new 12 million, it's going to cost a lot more than 12 million, U.S. taxpayer-funded lab, as if there was any other kind of lab, is being built in Fort Collins, Colorado, where healthcare workers received, oh, just 65 miles north of Denver Health, where healthcare workers received the Ebola vaccine, quote, in case of a future outbreak, unquote. The lab will import bats from around the world and experiment on dangerous diseases, according to the Daily Mail. This is a great idea. So let's import animals from around the world, right? We hear all the time, oh, invasive species, except, of course, when it comes to immigration of humans, then, of course, there's no such thing as an invasive species. In fact, if you bring in more niggers, it makes everything better. So here, let's do this. Let's bring animals from around the world to this place, which is 65 miles from a major airport, and then use these animals to experiment on dangerous diseases. What could possibly go wrong? Proposals for the 14,000-square-foot facility indicate the lab could store and study some of the most deadly or transmissible pathogens on the planet including Ebola, Nipah virus, and Wuhan-19, which is not deadly. Now, this is where we're going to start making fun of everyone. This is what the burning platform that has a lot of cyber banging on its website says. This lab could study some of the most deadly pathogens on the planet. See, this is all according to the Daily Mail, which is filled with articles about women being scantily clad in public. <clears throat> 
This project is a collaboration between Dr. Anthony Fauci's old department at the National Institute of Health, Colorado State University, and EcoHealth Alliance. EcoHealth is the controversial New York-based research group at the center of the Wuhan lab leak theory led by Dr. Peter Dazgek, who channeled millions of American taxpayer dollars to fund risky gain-of-function research on bats at the Wan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China. The WIV laboratory is argued to be ground zero for the Wuhan fake pandemic. Amplifying these concerns, Red Hill Barma Biopharma LTD, a specialty biopharmaceutical company. Let me start this over. Amplifying these concerns, Red Hill Biopharma Ltd., a specialty biopharmaceutical company headquartered in both. Where's it headquartered, guys? Come on. Come on. Come on. You can do this with me. What two countries is this specialty biopharmaceutical company headquartered in. Of course, the United States, Raleigh, North Carolina. Of course, the United States, because it needs funding from the American taxpayers, right? What other country would this specialty biopharmaceutical company be headquartered in? For those of you who said China, that's a good guess. But no, my friends, the correct answer is your second choice, and some of you are your first choice, Tel Aviv, Israel. Recently reported findings regarding its two new drugs for treating Ebola. Oh, oh these words, these words. O-P-A-G-A-N-I-B. This is the name of the drug. I hesitate to even call it a drug. Opagenib? Openagib? What the fuck is wrong with you people? And RHB-107, which at least I can pronounce. The development of the investigational drugs. I don't know what an investigational drug is. I think that's another word for experimental, but we don't want to call it experimental, so we'll call it investigational. The development of the investigational drugs is funded. Who's funding it, guys? Take, Take a wild guess. This specialty biopharmaceutical company located in Israel and the United States has got some investigational drugs to treat Ebola. Guess who's funding it? I mean, yes, the American taxpayers, but guess what the which department of the federal government of the United States this funding is being channeled through. The development of the investigational drugs is funded by the United States Army.
The United States Army is funding a Jewish corporation to create a drug to treat Ebola. The company claims it's the... This is not this is not a sentence. The company claims it's the two medicines ought to be combined with the nucleotide prodrug rimdivisic vacocular regist my god, this is fucking retarded. However, so this whatever, this rim However, while Ebola has a 50% death rate, those infected with Ebola die at a higher rate after taking remdesivir. The New England Journal of Medicine confirmed calling into question the drug's efficacy. Now, there's links to that information from the New England Journal of Medicine. I did not follow that because I was too busy following other things. I went down some rabbit holes of fucking... Wuhan vax, you know, killing people. Is it, is it, you know, we're not even, we're not, guys, at this point, I'm not even going to present more evidence that the Wuhan vax was not a vax and that it's killing people. Like, if I, if you still need to be convinced of that, I can't help you. There's more important things for me to make fun of and talk about than that. Like, th- this is right. This, if you haven't got that, go away. Now, Let's jump over to the Daily Mail where we can see articles about women going out in public, scantily clad. Exclusive. Everything's exclusive. Everything is breaking. Breaking. I'm so sick of right-wingers, right-tards on Twitter. Breaking. Exclusive. America's frightening new bat lab. $12 million. It's going to cost a lot more than that. Taxpayer funded. Of course it is. NIH research facility in Colorado will import bats from Asia and infect them with deadly diseases. In project with China-linked scientists. Ooh, scary. you have anything to back all this up? Let's find out. Let's see. The NIH granted Colorado State University, the place where I used to work and did biomedical research, so I know the people that will be running this, both the actual people and just the type of people. $6.7 million to build a new bat lab. The 14,000 square foot study some of the most transmissible pathogens, blah, blah, blah. This is written by a woman, Alexa. Now, this was published on the 10th of November, 2023. This is actually older news than I realized. New taxpayer-funded lab built in Colorado will import bats from around the world. Experiment on dangerous diseases DailyMail.com can reveal. Now, remember, they keep saying dangerous diseases. We'll get to why this is important in a minute. The multi, yeah, 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 okay, Fauci, yeah, yeah, yeah. Proposals show how the could store and study some of the most transis, 
transmissible pathogens on the planet, blah, blah, blah. Researchers behind the plan said the lab will boost America's, quote, ability to study the role of bats in transmission, in disease transmission, and help us become even stronger in researching emerging zoonotic pathogens. But Republican senators, who are completely impotent and not capable of forwarding their agenda in any way whatsoever, still reeling from a lack of answers about the origins of Wuhan, told DailyMail.com, did they, did they tell DailyMail.com this? They fear the facility, which has not started construction but is due to open in 2025, could start a pandemic on U.S. soil. The lab is proposed to import house breed and experiment on dozens to hundreds of bats and will be located on Colorado State University's Foothill Campus in the city of Colorado. The above are draft floor plans of the 14,000 square foot bat. This is very repetitive and boring. The floor plan was included in the documents obtained by the White Coat Waste Product Product Project the White Coat Waste Project, and provided to DailyMail.com. Okay, here's where we're going to get started on this. Everybody's an idiot. Now, I don't know. I probably should have looked this up. The White Coat Waste Project. I don't know who these people are. So this claim, but there is, there's a picture of this floor plan in this Daily Mail article. And you can go and look at this. It's in there. Now, they keep saying, oh, they're going to study deadly pathogens. They're going to study Ebola. Okay. All of this is not true. Somewhere, there's lies. Now, here are the possibilities. Possibility number one. This floor plan that they're showing you that these white coat waste project people supposedly obtained, okay, this is not the floor plan for the building. Possibility number two, this is the floor plan for part of the building, but not all of the building. There's more than this. Possibility number three, nobody is intending to study deadly pathogens in this building. Possibility number four, they're intending to study deadly pathogens in this building and there's going to be a lot of dead people. Because here's the deal, guys. And I found a link with a nice little picture that explains this and it's hilarious because there's a, there's a laboratory worker in the graphic and of course, it's a nigger. Because when you have you know deadly pathogens, you want to entrust that to black people because they have so much impulse control and they're so intelligent. Mm. Ebola is a BSL level four disease. What that means is to work with Ebola, you have to be wearing the space suit. Like you see in the movies, where people walking around, they got the fucking plastic suit. They're completely isolated from the environment. If you look at this floor plan, even though this floor plan says on it, right here it says, 
ABSL2 bat holding. This is not a biosafety level two building. This is, this is definitely not a BSL level four building. If you put Ebola in this building, it's going to get out. I'm not saying this to scare you. This is my point. See, I don't, what's going on here? This, this is not right. Somebody somewhere is lying. Is the Daily Mail lying? Yo, oh, they're going to put a bola in there. Are they lying to get clickbait? Is the government lying? Is this not the floor plan? I mean, look. If I'm going to put Ebola in a building, the last thing I want I'm, I'm, the last thing I want is for accurate floor plans of the building to exist because if somebody wanted to get in there, a bioterrorist wanted to get in there and get the Ebola to use for bioterrorism, the last thing I would want is for people to know the layout of the building. Or have they actually, they, the government, have they actually just become so blindingly incompetent that they are going to put Ebola in a BSL level one facility? So, so go over to the internet, bring up this floor plan, have a look at this. The great one is going to educate you so that you're not a retard on biosafety levels. And how this shit works. And this this is this is a terrible, this is a terrible fucking floor plan. The first thing I noticed when I look at it was exactly the same thing. You've you've been listening to me a long time, you've heard this story. When they built the uh, what do you call it? Regional regional biocontainment laboratory out there on the Foothills campus. I was there when that happened. And they came in with the blueprints and they threw them down and said, yeah, this is what it's going to look like because they showed it to us because we're going to be working there. And we're all standing around looking at it and somebody, I think it was Kathy, but I could have been wrong, but this is something Kathy would say because Kathy was this older woman who didn't mind being abrasive when you deserved it and sometimes when you didn't deserve it. She says, well, where's the storage? And all the people who are building this building that were there, you know, the designers, who I don't remember exactly who was there. The architect himself was not there, of course. But somebody was there showing us these blueprints. She's like, where's the storage? Like, what are you talking about? She's like, storage. We're like, yeah, storage. If you have animals, you have cages for the animals. You have to have water bottles for the animals. You have to have food for the animals. You have to have supplies. There's There's also, you have to have gowns, you have to have shoe covers, you have to have gloves, you have to have masks, you have to have cleaning supplies, you have to have medical, you have all these, there's supplies. Am I, do I need to explain this to you guys? Like to run any kind of a business, if you're going to be an auto mechanic, you need supplies, right? You need oil, you need tools, you need some parts sitting around and you have to have a place to put those 
That's called storage. The regional biocontainment laboratory had no storage rooms in it at all. And so we had to store all the stuff we used in the rooms where it was used, which is a really good way to get cross-contamination. It also reduces the amount, when you have to store the animal cages in the same room where you keep the animals in the cages, having to store the cages in the room reduces the amount of space you have in the room for cages that have animals in them. But you see, architects aren't smart enough to think of this. Because a lot of those architects are not there because they understand how, you already know where this is going, the architects are not there because they understand how biomedical research works. They're there because they're niggers and because they're trannies and because they're non-binary. So if you look at this floor plan, you will notice there are no storage rooms at all. There's a receiving hallway. There's no place to store things. Now, if you start up at the top, over to the left, you'll see mechanical and water and electric and all that stuff. And then you see the receiving. There's this hallway for receiving. Then you're going to see, you go to the right of that, you're going to see these four clusters of rooms where you've got an anti-procedure room and then you've got an isolation and you've got a bat holding and you've got a bat holding. Okay, and it says up there, ABSL2. That is not ABSL2, that is an ABSL1. You're coming right out of that room into the procedure room and then from there right out into the hallway. So the anti-procedure room acts as an airlock between the bat rooms and the isolation room, yes. But there's no airlock between, if this is an anti-slash-procedure room, see, those are different. An anti-room is essentially an airlock between a, the corridor and the room where an infection might be located. A procedure room is a room where you do procedures. If you're doing a procedure, you're doing the procedure on an animal. And the animal would have whatever disease you're studying in it. So if you take the animal with the disease into the ante room to do a procedure on it, it is no longer an ante room. It's a procedure room. When you open the door from what is now the procedure room to the corridor, Anything in the procedure room can now go into the corridor, which you will notice the corridor goes directly into the office slash break area. The break area where people will go to eat and drink. Once again, I know during the Wuhan hoax, you were told that you could go to a restaurant wearing a muzzle and sit down and then take your muzzle off and eat because that was safe. No, it is not. If there is an actual virus present, the last thing you want to do is eat and drink in the presence of the virus. 
the fact that there is not an airlock, not just an airlock, guys, but a shower. The fact that there is not an airlock between the corridor and the break room. This is not designed for dealing with anything on the level of deadly pathogens. Okay, even tuberculosis. Okay, when I worked at CSU, tuberculosis, which people have, okay, right? Tuberculosis is a BSL level three. You go in there, you work with the animals with tuberculosis. You got to wear a mask. The animals are in a cage. You work with the animals inside uh, safety cabinets. When you come out of there, you got to take a shower. You take all your clothes off, everything autoclaves out. That's just BSL level three. Ebola is BSL level four. Continuing. So you see, they got four of those clusters. Then down here, they got more big rooms, anti-procedures. There's no airlocks. Now I'm looking at this. You know what else is nowhere on this map? There's no autoclave. There's no place on here for an autoclave. If you're going to have an actual BSL level three or a BSL level four, anything that comes out of a room that is BSL level three or four, except for a human, has to be autoclaved. Autoclaving, for those of you who don't know, it's a process. You put the stuff in this thingy. It pumps it up with steam and pressurizes it. It's fucking hot as hell, and it kills everything. If it's done correctly, you can you can fuck autoclaving up. But if it's done correctly, autoclaving kills viruses, it kills bacteria, kills spores, which are excruciatingly hard to kill. The only thing it will not kill, if done correctly, is prions, because prions are not actually fucking alive, and they're a whole different world. And absolutely under no circumstances did prions escape from the research facility at Colorado State University many, many years ago. That definitely didn't happen. Anyone who tells you it did is obviously a right-wing conspiracy theorist. That definitely did not happen. An autoclave, you can have like little small autoclaves, but you would need big autoclaves. So anyway, so we're, you're coming out of a BSL level three, which is where you're not wearing a spacesuit. You just go in there wearing, you know, scrubs. When you come out of there, anything that comes out of there, including the clothes, goes through an autoclave. You're ready to leave that place. You go to the fucking airlock where the showers are at. You take all your clothes off. You strip totally fucking naked. Throw all your shit into a fucking bag. Then you go through an airlock into the shower. You take your shower you come out the other side where you left your towel and your clothes for when you're going to leave. Otherwise, you have to call somebody and say, I forgot my clothes. That's happened plenty of times. Don't worry. How do you call them? There's a phone on the other side. But the only thing that comes out of a BSL level three without going through the autoclave is your body. So I'm looking at this floor plan. There's no autoclave. There are, there are no actual airlocks. There are no showers. 
This is not a BSL level three or four facility. Nobody, if this is actually what's going on, no one is studying Ebola in this building. And if they do, you put Ebola in this building, yeah, it's going to get out almost instantly. So who's full of shit here? That's the ultimate question. And that's part of my point for this entire podcast today is everyone's a fucking moron. Do these more, I really need to look these people up. Do these morons at the White Coat Waste Project actually think this is the floor plan? And if this is the, if this is the floor plan, why are they running around telling people there's going to be a bola? Let's continue. Let's talk some more. Let's make fun of Republicans some more. Senator Joni Ernst, a fucking woman, a Republican from Iowa, thanks Republicans, told DailyMail.com, quote, we cannot allow any batty experiments of pandemic potential to be unleashed on our own shores. Americans have suffered enough from Fauci-funded risky research, which is why I am working to defund EcoHealth that funneled taxpayer dollars to the Chinese state-run Wuhan lab. The world cannot afford another lab leak, especially one on U.S. soil or near our military bases, unquote. Well, gee, Senator, are you going to accomplish that? No, you're not. We can't allow any batty experiments. (laughs) I'm a woman trying to get a sound bite. (laughs) Fort Collins, residents have already voiced their concerns over its construction. They fear the lab could spread diseases like Wuhan and spark another pandemic. You fucking moron. If these morons had any clue what's already in those buildings at the Foothills campus. I've told you guys about this. The variation of the plague that kills 95% of people infected within 15 days. This is not Wuhan where I'm, you, you cough a little bit and maybe you sneeze. No, no, no. This is real shit. And here's another fascinating thing. Think this over, guys. So while we're trying to figure out what is the truth, let's look at this. So at this laboratory, this, this is not, I didn't get this on the internet, guys. This is real. At the lab where I worked, they're studying this variation of the plague, 95% death rate within 15 days of infection. Now, it's the plague. It's, the same, it's a variation of the same thing that's in prairie dogs, right? The Black Death, all that other stuff. So it's a, it's a line of viruses that we're familiar with. So what, why are they studying it? Well, I mean, they're certainly not doing gain-of-function research because that would be illegal. Just, just keep following me, guys. We're doing thinking, right? They're not doing, absolutely not doing gain-of-function research because that would be illegal. They're trying to find a cure. They're trying to find a vaccine. So now they've been trying to find a vaccine for this for 
I mean, it's, it's not like they started when it came to that lab. They've been looking for a vaccine for this for 20, 30 years. And they can't find a vaccine. They can't come up with a vaccine. Like 20 years, unable to come up with a vaccine. But then Wuhan comes along, which is a novel, right? It's novel. It has a novel of its own. It's novel. No one's ever seen it before. The novel Wuhan virus. They were able to find a vaccine for that and test the vaccine and prove that is 100% safe and effective in six months. Twenty years trying to find a vaccine for this variation of the plague, can't find a vaccine for it. Six months after totally new coronavirus appears, we have a vaccine that's completely safe and effective. Do those things make sense when you put them together? And of course, they're definitely not doing gain-of-function research on the plague pathogen. That's not what's happening. They just, they just can't find a vaccine for it. It's just so hard. Fort Collins residents have voiced their concerns over construction at planned committee meetings. But Fort Collins residents, here's a little newsflash for you. Nobody really gives a fuck about you. Okay? You're tax fodder. You're cattle. No one fucking cares about your concerns. They fear the lab could spread diseases like Wuhan and spark another pandemic. The site, referred to as the... Chiropatin Research Facility and Documents is slated to be built just 380 feet from the border fence of university land to neighboring houses. And like I said, if those people who live in those houses had any fucking clue what's already out there, they would shit themselves. The lab is proposed to import house breed and experiment on dozens to hundreds of bats. On CSU's website for the lab, oh, they already have a website for the lab. I'm going to have to go look at that. I didn't. Okay, it lit, right here it says, it lists the facility as a biosafety level 2 research center. BSL level 2s work with pathogens associated with human diseases that post a moderate health hazard, such as hepatitis, HIV, and salmonella. However, older documents reviewed by the DailyMail.com suggest scientists wanted to infect bats with Wuhan, Ebola, and Nipah. Okay, so here we go. This, this is accurate. BSL level 2, hepatitis, HIV, salmonella. Yeah, those are BSL 2. Older documents reviewed by the Daily Mail suggest. See, once again, where is the truth? Older documents, okay, if it's older, maybe it's not true anymore. Maybe they were going to do, but maybe they're not anymore. Suggest, what does that mean? Suggest, either it is or it isn't. 
A document written, submitted by CSU researchers December 2022 states, quote, we will infect horseshoe bats with SARS-CoV-2 and SARS-CoV detected in, and a SARS detected, what? This is not a sentence. We will infect horseshoe bats with Wuhan and a Wuhan detected in these bats. This is not a fucking sentence. Dailymail.com is not a news website. Nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. Finding out what the actual fucking truth is is almost goddamn impossible because nobody's even smart enough to know that they don't fucking know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm going to have to go find this white coat waste project and look these idiots up and find out what kind of morons we're dealing with here. And we'll talk about this in the next segment of this podcast because I got more stuff to do on this one. Fucking Christ. should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. 
the, 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 the pediatric, the Academy of Pediatric actually makes that recommendation that children should be wearing masks uh, from two years old onward. And you're asking now if your child is a member of your household, can you walk outdoors with your child without a mask? According to that chart, the answer is yes. But the child can't, not to beat it, yeah. beat it to death. Yeah. Yes. 